Hi, everybody. This is Marnie with the Golden Thread Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm absolutely so humbled and grateful for this next guest who is joining me from Bali, from Ubud Bali, Guru Ma Savitri from Kundalini Yoga Bali. And I was just thinking about how we met each other. And really, it was from a mutual friend, Katie, who is now in Costa Rica, who put us in touch with each other many, 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 many years ago. And finally, after all of that time, I got to meet her in person in Ubud um, at the beginning of this year or middle of this year and got to spend time with her and work with her and learn about all of the amazing things that she's doing. But you know, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today and sharing your wise, wise wisdom with all of us, because I do believe we are um, needing more episodes with Guruma and learning about her wise wisdom. So thank you for being here today. Thank you, Marnie. <laughs> I wanted to go straight into it so that we can um, cover a lot of ground today and mainly Let's start at the beginning and we can go into um, your name in particular, like Guruma Savitri. And I love this name, Devi. Sorry, I always forget the last part, but Guruma Savitri Devi. How did that name come about? Um, and tell us a little bit about that. And I can mention uh, more about who you are. Yes. So I was given this name as my um, spiritual name by a Bhakti Yoga guru, Sadguru, because um, he received this title as the Yuga Acharya in um, in India by the World Parliaments of Parliaments of World Religion. Sorry. So um, I have. I think I have a proclivity to this name because since I was a little child, when I first learned the Gayatri Mantra, uh, according to my kindergarten teacher, I like to repeat that um, line, that verse that has the word Savitur Varenyam, you know, again and again and again. And then um, I was called Savitri. So it's like the diminutive of Savitar. Also, in one tradition, it's called the daughter of the sun god. But I received the name um, formally in a fire ceremony when I was in Houston, when I became a disciple of a bhakti yoga acharya, whom I mentioned earlier. And uh, so after we were initiated and everything, we were given our name and uh, I was very surprised to find out that my name was actually Savitri Devi. I could have been Savitri Devi for 50 years or how many years before that, but, <laughs> but you know, um, the time comes. So I use mm -hmm. that all the time now. And in fact, that's the only name that people know. In fact, for a business also, that's the name in my name card and everything else. As for Guruma, that was the work of a friend, a dear friend who is a high priest in Bali. He mm -hmm. is 10 years younger than me. So he was very surprised to hear people calling me by my name, Savitri Devi, Savitri Devi. And I was I was totally okay with that. And he called me formally and in a very stern voice. He says, you should not let people call you your name. You are mm -hmm. older than me. <laughs> you are, you know. <laughs> so I said, so what am I then? I said, 
you should be called Guruma. And in the beginning, I was wondering why it has to be Guruma. If mm-hmm. they can call me, they already call me in Bahasa Indonesia, Ibu Guru, which has exactly the same name because Guru just means teacher in mm-hmm. Indonesia. And Ma is Ibu, mother. Mm-hmm. So, but then I feel like before I actually have to think about the words, it's already spread and people have already started calling me Guruma Guruma. So now it's just me, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, mid-60s women accepting my place in life, you know, my with my yes. gray hair and all of that. Yes. All, all of that good stuff. So oh. that's how I got to have my name. Oh, it's, I love it. And Thank for you. all the listeners out there, Guruma, um, born and raised in Bali, living in Ubud now and a very eventful life. But let me just let me just give them a little idea of, you know, all the things that you've been doing and all the things that you've accomplished, which is a lot. And so we can't go into much of it, but she's extremely active. And if you are in in Ubud or in Bali, you know, please find her um, through her website, Kundalini Kundalini But, um, you know, over 35 years of of teaching experience, both in public education system in Indonesia, as well as a holistic health practitioner um, in Canada, Uh, then working in uh, as a school administrator, vocal ESL school with a consortium with the U.S. Save the Children Federation and an and experiment in living internationally, and then working with UNHCR field office um, refugee camp, a resettlement division. So the main thing is like, she's got such a big wide um, history of being of service, and then also just a deep spiritual practice, which was focused uh, more into becoming the first um, Indonesian of Indonesian origin, KRI, Kundalini Research Institute, professional teacher trainer, uh, level three trainer, and also specializing in Hatha yoga. She's also um, a Reiki master. She focuses on addiction recovery, cancer prevention, children yoga, prenatal yoga. Then we also have like a life coach, postpartum doula, um, ice bath facilitator so lots of different things that are in that are included in in your repertoire of offerings um but mainly you know she is um, a senior level teacher especially in the kundalini tradition and then also a balinese priestess and i wanted to talk about that a little bit too um because of your or your origins of of being indonesian and being the first one of the first women i would say probably in Indonesia that was trained, right, as in in terms of Kundalini research and Kundalini research professional teacher trainer level. Um, So you hold that stature as well as the breadth of knowledge and the incredible community around that. Um, But also lots of these ways that you've been of service to people, you know, through addiction and cancer and children and prenatal and postnatal yoga, Um, but mainly working a lot with women, working and with men too, um, and with children too, obviously. So looking at knowing like just everything that you have done and everything that you're still hoping to do and accomplish in your life, like who is your main role models and teachers to really inspire you to kind of go after, um, like this 
part of this is what I want to teach. This is what I want to learn. I want to always be teaching this. Like, who were your role models? Actually, my role model is what we call Guru Rupaka. My first teacher, which in this case is my mother. And um, to me, she was a woman beyond her time and age and space because I remember in childhood, I saw her um, sorting out garbage, you know, like the paper. That, and until now, we still don't have a, recycle, a recycling plant like in North America, for example. Mm -hmm. But she was very um, forward in her time. So what she did with the old newspapers is give it to people because some people in Bali could get some money selling the newspapers, selling mm -hmm. the bottles and selling the, the tin cans. Mm -hmm. And um, and then what's very, um, what touched me and I remember to this day is that she has a composting. She has a large holes that she dig in the ground and all of the, uh, what we call like the green waste now go mm -hmm. there. And, you know, there's there's some worms in there. I don't quite understand mm -hmm. how that worked, but she was really beyond the time in that sense. And then she has her own life. What I mean by that is she is active in my father's organization as a, a wife of a civil servant, but also she, she actively campaigning for uh, Planned Parenthood and other grassroots activities. And mm -hmm. this woman is our mother, you know, who <laughs> who make us dessert for the afternoon tea, who, you know, like who care for us properly and, you know, do all of the things that she want to do. Mm -hmm. And um, as a child observing what she's doing and also a lot of um, encouragement from her who says that, you know, I would love it if you go and study more. I didn't have the chance to um, to go and do a master's program, for example. She's a university graduate, but she mm -hmm. has dream for me. So, you know, when she was alive, I tease him, uh, tease her a lot. I said, look, I'm not your extension. <laughs> I'm go and live my life. And she said, that's fine too, but it would be nice if you could do this, you know, so... Yeah. She is my um, inspiration. Mm, that's beautiful. We are, we are yeah. so fortunate to have the, the mothers that inspire us so deeply. And yeah, yours too, eh? Yeah, I have a very inspirational, almost intimidating mother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. I've accomplished so much to help humanity. Yeah. And um, and I think all for all the mothers and daughters out there, just you know, trying to make it through these times right now, like way to go, and you know, stick together and support yeah. each other and whatever endeavors that that your heart is guiding you to do. But how did you move from the mother being the center, you know, figure of of role modeling into the world of yoga or the world of spirituality and the world hmm. of and healing in particular. Yeah, that happened in Canada, actually, because although the Balinese are very devotional, so their yoga is like in the everyday practice, um, they're not so much into physical yoga. That happened to me in, in Canada. I um, had an accident. 
I was the side of my bus got hit by a speeding taxi and then I lived in pain for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So my very first encounter with yoga was actually a restorative yoga that helped me a lot and inspired me to actually train to become a yoga teacher. And um, my first, no, second certification program was a big program, 760 hours in mm-hmm. um, Esther Meyer's um, school. So it's, the, it's called the Scarabelli Inspired Hatha Yoga. So Hatha Yoga based on the teaching of Vandas Caravelli. And a lot of people probably know her from uh, her work with um, Iyengar, where Iyengar was actually sitting or was it um, giving mm-hmm. adjustment when she was doing in child pose like mm-hmm. that. So that's yeah. that's Vandas Caravelli. And, um, and then I found out that almost all of my teachers actually practice some kind of Kundalini yoga practice because it's awakening the spine. That's actually the name of Wanda's book, Awakening the Spine. Mm-hmm. And then um, so a lot of the Kundalini exercise, like the camel, and then there is the what is this the washing machine things, yes. and camel ride, and all of that um, was borrowed in this tradition. So naturally, after I completed that teacher training program. I ventured into doing um, the Kundalini and uh, when I went to train as a Kundalini teacher, I already practiced Kundalini yoga for 10 years. So I didn't jump into teacher training because I had my other practice and I was already a yoga teacher at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I followed the same natural path, which I do feel there, there is a natural path to, finding your way to kundalini eventually is you know i also started with um yin yoga restorative yoga that led into hatha teacher training Mm -hmm. which i did for vinyasa for very for many Mm -hmm. years which then led to and i did kundalini here and there you know but it never stuck for me and i think a lot of people ask me that question um you know, I, I didn't resonate with it or I didn't feel it or, you know, I feel like when Kundalini finds you, it finds you. And, um, and then you're, then you'll find your teacher and who you're meant to work with. Yes. So I was really fortunate to, um, you know, I had some amazing Kundalini teachers, but I still really getting it, you know, and it wasn't until, um, like the three day immersion with Simrit and Jaidev in Maui that I finally, yeah. like on day three, after like eight hours of practice yeah. you know, yeah. that I finally was like, oh my gosh, what have I been doing this whole time? And I haven't been doing this and now I need to do this. And so it's, it was a real, like big, you know, shock you put like real big, yeah. like, big awakening for me. And then I was just off and running and trying to yeah. find teacher yeah. training. Um, which was, you know in California and I had to go to that um, yeah but if we go a little bit back further with your experience and your role models like even within the kundalini community because when you started in 1999 even practicing since 1999 and teaching since 2009 um, and you've had incredible teachers when yeah. I you know sat Dharam Kar and yeah. Dr. Haridas Kar, Kalasa, and, you know, many, many others. Um, 
who do you feel like really helped you to discover who you were within that world of Kundalini? Because it is a pretty big world and yeah. you've been there for quite a while. Um, and some people who are listening to this, you know, are just starting, or maybe they're doing the teacher training with you in Bali next month. Um, how did you find your way? I mean, I just, I kind of feel like there's so much to ask, but you know, who really inspired you to want to learn more and stick with Kundalini in particular and not deviate from any other yoga to teach maybe? Hmm. Um, well, as for teacher, the most inspiring teachers for me is my very first teacher and very first mentor, which is Sadaram. You already mentioned her name. She is a naturopathic doctor. And um, she also taught me or certified me in Beyond Addiction is the um, yogic approach to addiction recovery, uh, mm -hmm. which she taught at that time with Dr. Gabor Mate. And now uh, she again um, combined force with Dr. Gabor Mate and teaching yeah. a new, I think, practitioner's program that's called... Um, Compassionate Inquiry, I think. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you're right. That's the name, Compassionate Inquiry. Yes, that's it. And because uh, Sadaram is a naturopathic doctor, she also um, is very well known around the world for her work with prevention or preventing and also recovery from breast cancer, breast health. So she taught this in Central America, and I'm pretty sure that she has been in either China or Taiwan and pretty much everywhere in, uh, in North America or in America, in the States and Canada. So um, as, as a person, Sadaram is just, very inspiring you know she and her husband acquire this um, I think 108 acre land in the Nayaga escarpments so they have their own um, farm you know where we uh, usually do the teacher training we call it the chakra weekend and uh -huh. um, she has a full practice and um, she has been curing women of breast cancer since I think she became a naturopathic doctor in 1989. That's a long, long time. Yeah. And I'm also very inspired of the work of Satbir Singh Khalsa is an associate professor at, um, I think, Harvard School of Medicine. And he's a neuroscientist from, from Toronto originally, but now in Harvard. He's also the research director of Kundalini Research Institute. And um, so following his work, um, I'm learning that this ancient wisdom that has been around for thousands of years has been tested, tried, documented, and proven to be true. So everything that Sadhguru Singh put out there, I usually try to follow it or listen to it, at least just to keep myself updated of the most recent evidence-based kundalini yoga practice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and uh, you know the the importance i think that i'm really hearing here is not you know not all of us get to to learn from those amazing people <laughs> <laughs> like you're you you definitely 
are born under a star, I feel, because you, you line up with some incredible people. And um, yeah, and that's to be said, too, you know, for the, all the people who get to work with you and, you know, the importance of really finding really good teachers and honoring the teachers and their their commitment to their path and their work is something I think we need to have a discussion on. And maybe that's the next episode of, you know, when do you know when you found a really good teacher and how do you stay true to the path and not go into this crazy Aquarian age of like, oh, this looks good now. This looks good now. This looks good now. This looks good now. You know, we're bopping around like a merry-go-round on the merry-go-round of like spiritual, spiritual awakening. And, um, you know, as we know, being teachers that you know consistency is key it's all in the sadhana um so if we go a little bit into last question before we go into some of the things that we were going to talk about today but the healing aspect in your work with um being a Balinese priestess like what does that mean and how did you go into that hmm yes so it comes it feels like I have come a full circle because I um in the bhakti yoga tradition with the teacher who gave me the name, I already have two initiations, which um according to the tradition makes me into a Brahmana, just means that priestess. And I was also um, an ordained uni, I think it's ULC a minister. So I did um prison outreach when I was in Canada mm-hmm. and um, but coming back to Bali I already uh, promised my teacher before he passed away in 2010 because he says wherever you go go find a teacher because you are going to be older and you feel like you become wiser which may be true but if you don't have a teacher you know to guide you you may uh, fall into the trap of ego and think that you know better than everyone else, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I was seeking that when I arrived in Bali in 2015. Originally, I arrived back in Bali was for a job. I was appointed a wellness director of a resort in North Bali. And mm-hmm. ever since I've been in different capacity in the wellness world, wellness hospitality. But I somehow couldn't penetrate the wall because studying Sastra in Bali, you need to become a priest or a priestess. I didn't know this originally. Mm -hmm. And um, in 2018, there was a really destined, predestined uh, opportunity when a friend of mine was organizing an event with 24 high priests from Java and from Bali and I get to know some of them you know in person they know me and they ask me to chant in front of them which is quite um <laughs> it's I don't know I, I don't get scared easily but you have to chant Vedic mantras in front of 24 high priests and high priestess you know it did something to my nerve so <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I yeah I get nervous just thinking about that <laughs> Yes, but fortunately, one day, a few years later, I um, was taken by the friend who organized that event, 
to who took me to one of them, one of the high priests, who at that time, at the time I met him, he has become a nabe. So a nabe is um, sort of advisor, teacher of high priests and um, high priestesses in his own community. So to give an idea of how the system work in Bali, there is a lay hand, not lay hand, lay person priest in that we call Jeromanku. And even Jeromanku, there are so many layers. And then you get to a point where you became a high priest, right? So, and then after that, there's a nabe. And then when you're a nabe, usually you don't go anywhere else. That's why you stay. So, um, when I first met with him, I just wanted to meet with him. He, he asked me about this ceremonial bell. So I let him talk about an hour about ceremonial bell. And then I asked my friend who took me there, did you tell him anything? Why did he talk about ceremonial bell? And then he says, no. So I asked him directly. I said, I'm really sorry to ask, but may I know why you keeping talking, keep on on talking about this ceremonial bell? He said, he looked at me and then he says, you need to have one. I don't know if it's because of my gray hair again or something. Yeah. You know, right. People yeah. seem to have an idea about me when I come to them. <laughs> and um, and then he said, he just insisted I need to have that. So I have been coming to him after that, but that's about something else. It's about Agnihotra because I learned to... Mm-hmm. Um, to do Agnihotra when I was in Rishikesh and mm-hmm. I have the mantras and everything and I would like to revisit that to eventually be able to do it myself but um, in Bali at the time there was some kind of very sensitive issues and I just felt it would be better for me to have a teacher you know mm-hmm. what I mean? not to relearn yeah. it again but to um, to to have the Spiritual protection, if you may. <laughs> you know, yeah. if I may. I don't know if that's yes. actually a correct um, term, but I can say that I'm under this nabe in this griya and I'm authorized to do this. Uh-huh. So we did that. And then on my birthday last year, for my birthday gift, he gave me that ceremonial bell. bell. So. Bell. I, yes. I've seen that bell. It's very beautiful. Very heavy too. Thank it's you. Heavy. Yes. Now I have that, and then I also decided to to study Brahmavidya, which is a Balinese uh, theology in um in the a place called Pehadei. This is it, the Balinese usually call it Parisade, but it means that the governing bodies for priests and priestesses. Um, in Indonesia, in this at this case, in this ter- in this case is the uh, Bali chapter. So in in Denpasar. So I've been doing that for two, getting into three years right now. And um, I'm also I'm also studying a Balinese Kundalini Yoga by way of Tantra Sastra. This is a very ancient wisdom from Bali, thousands of years. So much, much older than the Kundalini Yoga taught by the Kundalini Research Institute. And um, I feel, to be truthfully honest with you, I feel really, really 
uh, humbled to be able to learn this ancient wisdom that has been practiced for thousands of years. In fact, it's still written, documented in the characters that I'm learning to actually write it. And it's in um, in Lontar Leaves. So yeah, very humble. So my teacher is a scholar, is a practitioner of Tantra, also an author. And I also do, um, go to his place once a week to satisfy my desire for learning. <laughs> you know, I said my, might as well, because I don't do crossword puzzle. I don't do Sudoku. <laughs> How do yeah. I keep my All brain your pursuits <laughs> are, are all spiritual and and higher learning, you know, you're, you're an avid higher learning. So you're still learning, you know, and you have a birthday coming up also, which is yeah. always inspiring, you know, and, and I think for anybody who is listening and wants to, to learn more about Kundalini or learn more about, you know, a Balinese priestess or even anything, you can go to, go to her website, Kundalini Yoga Bali.com and learn uh, how to work with her and, and most definitely like where she teaches, which is, uh, there's a consistent class and, you know, at, at the Ubud Yoga Center, but um, there's many, many ways to work with her, but let's go into our, our topic because we haven't even got into the topic. So we wanted yeah. to talk today and we are going to create a series and hopefully this will pertain to many of you listening, but uh, we wanted to talk about a concept that Guruma uh, introduced to me today, which is wholesome, wise woman. And what that means, and especially in this Aquarian age, in this time of tremendous, um, you know, just look around and feel what's happening to our world on many, many different spheres. But, you know, what it is to be a wholesome, wise woman and how we can navigate through these times with skillful means, but what it really takes. And so tell me how you how you came up with this wholesome, wise woman and then what you really see as an embodiment of that. Hmm. Yeah, as I mentioned to you earlier, the, the name came to me um, effortlessly as maybe um, I'm hoping that I will, it will be effortless for me to also share with you what <laughs> I think that is. So uh, wholesome for me is uh, that well-rounded. And then wise women to me is the women who embody wisdom in every aspect of life so i'm not just talking about the emotional mental physical spiritual which is you talk about that all the time in, in terms of um, yoga especially kundalini yoga but also financial maybe social cultural community mm -hmm. leadership and all of that so the way i picture wholesome wholesome uh, wise women uh, that it's a teacher training so it's it's not just a teacher training that will teach you to become a yoga teacher I am hoping actually some of you are already um, yoga teachers or practice yoga so mm -hmm. you will be able to deepen your skills but also we um, also need to understand first before we go to this training that this this knowledge, this embodiment comes from knowing who you truly are, you mm -hmm. know, from trusting the inner guidance, from living 
your life purpose and um, as you quoted in my website mm-hmm. to me that just means the purpose of life that's life purpose so finding yeah. the purpose of your life is as simple as that um, your own life experiences from being in the company of other wise women mm-hmm. and also from receiving guidance from those who have undergone the steps, the paths, you know. So um, now it's time to share it. Mm-hmm. And um, so why is this important right now? You mentioned that earlier also already a little bit. But I just... Um, want to invite us once again to look at the state of the world right now a lot of divisiveness and um, I'm grateful for our state leaders up to this time but women are a different kind of leaders when they were given the opportunity if we remember the countries who successfully mitigated the pandemic Mm -hmm. they were all headed by women you know Mm -hmm. by women head of state you know Taiwan and Germany Mm -hmm. New Zealand you know all Mm -hmm. of that because um, not only women have the same decision-making ability but Mm -hmm. also we have the nurturance that comes natural to us Mm -hmm. and also um, compassion compassion Mm -hmm. is a big part so Mm -hmm. I think that becoming um, a wholesome wise women also embodied this therefore leadership is part of that so I have a dream that sometime in the future that all of the all of us not not just a group of people but all of us especially women will be or will have the ability to become their the spiritual leader of their community So um, there will be so many ways of doing that, of course. And hopefully is um, by stopping to second doubt yourself or looking out for guidance always and learn to listen to the whisper of the heart and then become Mm self-sovereign. So um, we... I figure that we can do that by a lot of um, embodiment practices yes kundalini yoga and yes meditation but yes to other style of embodiment practices also mm-hmm. you know um, and there are so many of that in the world mm-hmm. and um, the more well personally I feel like the more I learn the less I know but the yes. more <laughs> the more we learn about tools we will feel more equipped to embody this role as the um, community leader this is this is my hope you know I think um, I mentioned this to you a lot of time I think several times at least that in the future the only teacher training I want to teach is the one that has uh, women leadership as a component yeah 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 and I do feel the environment right now is is almost requiring and asking us all to step up and stand tall and and start to learn practices that will help us and our families and our communities and start to elevate together because yeah. we need to do it for our humanity and just for our own survival. Exactly. Um, and 
so there's you've done so much work with women and you're featured recently in the 50 faces of women book in indonesia um yeah. and i that in the link also and um you know if you and i think this is not even um age bias in any way i think women you know who are could be even in their 20s to 30s to 40s to 50s to 60s you know could start to tap into um this kind of program or this kind of offering so that they can you know and i had some a client the other day she's in her early or late 60s late 60s early 70s and you know really at the what we would consider maybe the ends right of her yeah her beautiful life but she's like there's still more for me to learn and i don't want to miss anything and you know what am i here for to still learn and what am i here for to still contribute and so we still have um so much to contribute no matter where we are on the spectrum of you know maiden mother crone um mm. goddess like there's always opportunity to to be able to rediscover yourself and your gifts that can benefit um your community and so I think labeling, like naming this right now is really powerful. And this yeah. is something that Guruma and I hope to offer in the coming future. And these episodes are going to kind of go over the different components that we think would go into something like this. And just to take you guys all for kind of the ride of like what it takes for, for two women to come together and co-create <laughs> with each other and, yeah. and, and listen to you know, the sweet whispers from the universe and then the heartbeats from our fellow women and men who need this training. And it is not gender bias. Like you can identify as a woman, feminine energy. Like there's a lot of masculine that wants to come in and, and learn about how to be more nurturing, how to be more intuitive. I think when we go over um, understanding some of the concepts from Kundalini perspective of you know, the women's auric field and having, you know, double aura. I mean, like the energetics of, of what happens with the, with the, the human system, the human energetic system, like those are all things that we can share, you know, that's rooted in science. And um, so that you can understand the cosmic design of the feminine body. And so I think those are really important to understand, like how intuition comes so naturally for women and, but why, um, and how do we utilize that? And then how do we tap into that? And then how do we, you know, be of service to that? So, um, I wanted to just ask you one last question before I let you go and, and really like in so inspired by this conversation, but if you had something, you know, I know you said your dream is like women stand up as leaders in their own community, um, and you can see that kind of rippling out everywhere, which is <laughs> beautiful and amazing. But what are your personal goals like just for the rest of the year? Because I know you've had some some of your own goals, but could you share some of those with us? Mm. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes I feel I am. Um, I have to stop <laughs> because, you know, from becoming a wellness specialist where I'm really, really taking a very intentional um, steps all the time. Right now, I, I feel like I'm the opposite. I'm, you know, you mentioned about my birthday coming and then um, the realization that I'm not going to live forever. 
and <laughs> also the realization that there are so many things that I want to do, you know, so many more <laughs> that I wanted to be doing. So right about now, I am editing a piece that's going to uh, be published with, I heard it's 15 other women and another anthology mm-hmm. about women rising. And this is specifically for Indonesian women. And then I also want to pick up again and this time complete the book that I started to write at the start of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it's about Kundalini Yoga, but it's not like a teaching book or manual or anything like that. But from the perspective of a practitioner mm-hmm. and then um, continue um, teaching, you know, my regular class, my weekly class, I'm going to be teaching um, with the KRI Kundalini Research Institute Immersion that's mm-hmm. starting on the 17th while completing the one that is right now I'm a part of. Um, this is the Southeast Asian and Oceania. Uh, led by my friend Sri Prakash. And mm-hmm. then in November and December, I'm going to be um, co-teaching in uh, Sri Lanka, a level three teacher training program, or count for a level three. And that's the 21 stages of meditation. And I'm hoping that you can go there. You can see each other in Sri Lanka. There'll be so much fun. But, you know, we can always dream, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. Begin with a thought. Yes. Yeah. And then that's the end of the year, I think. Yeah. I know. <laughs> There's so much to do. It's yeah. all so exciting. And yeah. I, I really want to thank you for spending the time with me today because I do recognize and I want to honor your time. Um, you know, you, you, you are at the prime of your, you know, I would say, you know, holistic healing career in a way, like there's so much wisdom that comes from you. And so this idea of getting you to sit down and have conversations with me, grab a cup of tea and have some conversations, I think will benefit so many people who are listening and we will continue with this series for everybody. And maybe the next topic will just be about the body and the woman's body um, or the emotional body. We don't know. We just like go, come along for the ride. Like just, you know, just know that there's going to be more coming down your way. So thank you so much, Guruma, for spending this time on the Golden Thread podcast and stay tuned for more podcasts um, coming your way. And if you aren't, follow us on Spotify or Google or iTunes. And any last word that you would like to say out to the community? Hmm. I want to thank you for this opportunity. This is another breaking barrier thing for me. And uh, for everyone, I hope you enjoy this very impromptu um, dialogue and looking forward to the future cooperation, I guess, collaboration and also more of this. More of this. Yes, more and more. And congratulations on breaking one of the barriers. I know that was on your list. So please Thank follow you. Guruma on Instagram and on Facebook, as well as on her website. It's kundaliniyogabali.com. Or you can follow that on Instagram as well, kundaliniyogabali. Or it's guruma savitri. Savitri Devi. Savitri Devi um, on Instagram. And Facebook and Facebook. Um, I'll put this all in the links in the bio. And until then, have a beautiful day and talk to you all real soon. Bye, everyone.